Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. Last time we saw this dude, we were in his garage with monster cars, sweet video game setup, golf simulator. Now we are doing it with technology on the computer. We don't have to drive all over the place. We all get each other. Uh, Ricky, Jesse Chavez, good friend of yours, good friend of the show, one of the original members of, uh, of the podcast. Now, we get to call him a World Series champion, and he has sweet-ass headphones. Look at him. He joined us right now. <laughs> yeah, man. That, what, what a story, right? I mean, I, I feel like a lot of us saw the tweets and, and the stuff being said about him and, and his journey, man. I mean, I remember, I probably, if you guys get a chance, uh, listen to our podcast we did with him uh, a couple years ago, and you'll see the story, you'll hear the story, but what he's been able to accomplish and if you ask him, I'm sure he thought he was out of the game, you know, and then all of a sudden he gets a call and he's there with the Atlanta Braves and shoot, man, one of the key pieces in that bullpen. And now, uh, you know, we saw him on TV raising that trophy up. It was, I mean, I, I, I get chills talking about it, you know, just because I think I understand and know the story and, and, and the ups downs he went through to, to, to get to this point was unreal. You know, and uh, dude, I mean, shoot, man, what what a story, what a story, and and you know what, and and I'm sure he'll agree with this. The best thing is listening to those bullpen guys talk about him and, yeah. and what he meant to that bullpen, not just performance wise, but going out there and 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 you know, I still say it to this day. Uh, you'll never be able to. There's no price on a on a veteran presence in a clubhouse like. And, and and we saw it, you know, with with Jesse in that bullpen, and and how much the guys really cared for him. Yeah, uh, the episode. If you want to go back and listen, is episode number eight. We're up to number sixty five now. Uh, Jesse Chavez in two thousand nineteen, and bring him in right now. World Series champion of the Atlanta Braves, Jesse Chavez, dude. All right, I'm gonna give you the the, the cliche reporter question. How does that feel? <laughs> oh man, it feels feels great. Didn't hit me till the parade, actually. Um, just tried to stay quiet and keep it as calm as can be and I'm not one to get too excited over things or anything like that other than my kids being born it's probably about it but um we just try to keep it even keel here at the house and I try and take it out there on the field and I not act like I've done it before because that's <laughs> not something that happens <laughs> very often for a lot of guys but you know I just try to take every game as every game and knowing that there's a you know play another game tomorrow and 
but this time, you know, we were the last team standing and this, this season felt a lot, a lot better than years past. That's for sure. You know, you know what my favorite part was about this whole thing, Jesse, it was, uh, I texted the group chat right away. I was like, everyone's celebrating and there's fucking Jesse just pounding a Corona. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Did he like this? My God. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was the only guy oh, drinking Corona. <laughs> but the best part, right though, is when we yep. went to his palace a couple years ago. First thing he said, "You guys want Corona? Like you stay yeah. on brand, bro. You stay on brand." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, maybe the that's Corona sponsor then a good out. tequila. That's it. Need that. Let's go, Corona. <laughs> hey, where'd you get Corona from? Because the the clubhouse celebration is sponsored by Budweiser. So you have your own stash. <laughs> uh, my guy, Alex, and uh. Steve Perry, they take care of me there. As soon as I walk in the door, they're like, hey, you know where it's at? It's in the back. It's like, perfect. So, um, no, they take care of me there. Playing playing on so many different teams, going to so many different guys. Got to basically email in my order before we get in. You know, a little peace of mind for after a ball game. Yeah. It's fun. I talk, I talk to those guys more than I talk to, you know, my teammates during a series on the road. Now, those guys make our job a little bit easier. The clubbies, the attendants, they're they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Clubbies, the cooks, they're they're amazing. They're they're just people just like us. Just the fact that we get to put a jersey on, they get to put a different jersey on. So it's it's kind of one of those things that I kind of take pride in, going out of my way to talk to them and you know just getting to know them as a person because they don't they don't get that much you know interaction very often. It's can I get this this and this? No, let's just have a conversation for a little bit. You know, we're there for six hours a day Dude, before we you start know the game. That's something, uh, before we get to all the other stuff, that's something right there that shows a lot about your character, Jessica. Just, I've known you, I've met you a couple of times, and you've always been super nice. I saw you during the playoffs when you guys were playing the Dodgers, and I'm just standing there by the bullpen. I remember sending you a message like, hey, I'll be out there. I just want to say what's up, whatever. And the first thing I said was, I don't need tickets. I'm not asking for tickets. I'm not doing that because everybody was there because I'm there working. Uh, but you were like, no, let me know whatever you need, blah, blah, blah. I talked to you, said hi, what's up. And you just, it was the NLCS. And you had just pitched the day before, and you walked by like it was June, like no biggie, just another game. And, like, that calmness about you. I remember texting Ricky, like, dude, he's in the zone right now. Like, oh, well, let's just go. And stuff like that mm-hmm. rubs up, rubs off on, on other guys, you know, the, the young guys in that bullpen. And, again, that was cool, man. Some of the stuff that I heard uh, those guys say about Jesse, you know, Tyler Matzik being one of them, uh, and we saw the – the World Series that he had or the playoff run that he had, but a lot of it was credit to to to, to Jesse, you know, and, and the calmness he's able to maintain in that bullpen. And I'm sure he keeps it loose. And again, you can't put a price on veteran guys in a clubhouse. And I uh I'm I'm so happy for, for Jesse yeah. and for that whole thing. Thank you. Appreciate yes. it. Where did you start the season? Let's go back to it. Were yeah, you in spring training with anybody? I was with the Angels in spring training. Um, did something in my subscap, right in my armpit, um, when I was figuring out my arm slot and I actually figured it out on the pitch that it happened. Um, but pitch, pit, uh, sat through a couple days and then ended up having a pitch cause my out was the following day with the angels. Then I ended up rolling my ankles covering first base. So that was icing on the cake and then ended up, um, you know, the next day, getting released, took my out. They wanted me to go to Salt Lake. I wasn't ready. I didn't want to go anywhere hurt because I'm not going to rehab anywhere hurt. Just not my, not my deal. 
it's not beneficial for me or the team. So I just came home and gathered my thoughts, got healthy a little bit, let my ankle heal so I could throw the ball a little bit. Then I just grabbed the ball up on the basketball court and said, hey, if it hurts, it hurts. Probably it. Threw it. Didn't hurt. I said, all right, give it a chance. And then I got <laughs> ready and mama got tired at me from yelling at the TV about all these mistakes I was watching. And she goes, go make your own. So I left and made my own, I guess. Well, so you did come close to retiring, Jess. Did it, it crept it, up? It, it crossed my mind. Yeah. It did. Oh, um, yeah. I didn't want to, I'm not one to, to retire her because I've been durable my whole career. And then this happens and then I roll my ankle. I'm like, oh, what's next going to happen? You know, um, I was able to manage through so long, you know, this whole time and get through it. And being able to know my body so well, that kind of helped out for the last five years, I guess. And I was like, well, this is it. Might as well be it here. So, so, um, but so that, you're, that you're, ball that left my hand, that, sorry, that ball that left my hand on the basketball court was the one that made me want to play again. Wow. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're at your, in your, in your backyard, right? The basketball court there. Mm -hmm. You just, did you yeah. throw the ball into the Canyon? No, I threw it into the net. You threw it into the net. Anger. <laughs> yeah. So you told yourself, I'm going to throw it once. If it feels good, I'm still playing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you watch me warm up, I get up and I just get going. I don't, if my arm goes, it has to go. Yeah. If it's, if it doesn't get ready the way I need it to get ready, then it's, it's time. I've always told myself that I'm not going to, not going to force myself to fake health when I've been healthy my whole career. What yeah. the hell? Well, Jess is just a different beast, man. Yeah. He's a different beast. We and know. that's what makes him so good, and that's what's made him so durable. So you're sitting at home, you throw that that pitch in your basketball court. Do you start making calls, or did you have tryouts, or did Alex Anthopoulos just call you and say, hey, we got a spot here? No, I, I told my agent, um, give myself a week, get some numbers down. I get myself a week of throwing, six days. And then um, go throw off the mound. And then I went through off the mound at um, PFA. It's Dave Coggins' place, former pitcher with the Phillies. Mm -hmm. And um, Joe Kelly uses the pocket path. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So we ended up uh, getting some numbers with him and send it off, sent him off to all 30 teams in an email. And Braves bit. That was the only team. And I was – Couple couple nibbles, but the Braves were the the one that were like, okay, let's let's see what we can do. And Jesse, what was this though? You went to Gwinnett. Mm -hmm. What what was this? That's in Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. So mm -hmm. Gwinnett is a minor league team. Yeah, that was a Triple A for the Braves. So you were there. So they're the one who was a bit. I remember you posted that picture. I'm like, damn, where is this at? That's Triper because that's yeah. in Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. it's a big league city, dude. It should be a big league city. That place is dope. It, it really should. It really should. That stadium doesn't do it justice from that picture. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. you went – so the, the Braves bit and you went there and you're like, okay, I'm back in the minor leagues. Like, what's going on here? Um, I had to look at the roster. And I wasn't going to go down and, you know, get pissed off for one outing or if it didn't go my way and – you know, I don't have a veteran right there to kick my ass, you know, say, hey, you know, 
no, no, it's not it, you know, type of deal. So I looked at that roster and sure enough, you go up and down that roster. You're like, wow. Hmm. Gold Glover, all-stars guy played in world series guys that played in playoffs. It's like, okay, wow. Um, then you got the Is catchers, young the catchers. Were good. Oh, dude, the, ro the roster was stacked. <laughs> and we, we even said we were going to be the first AAA team to become an expansion team mid-season. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's how confident we were, and it's a testament to the Braves of who they bring in and their character. That's right. You, you had Travis Snyder on your team, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ryan Goins? We had Gogo, um, and then – Kipnis was at second base. Yomer Sanchez was playing third. Um, we ended up getting Luke Roy for, you know, a couple weeks in. Jesus. Um, <laughs> you go in the outfield was our, you know, guys with some big league time. Um, former prospects. Our top prospect was there. All, I think top four of our pro top four prospects were there, actually. Um, and then our staff was just legit. Wow. That's Old cool. guys, young guys, mixture of, um, you know, guys that have been around, just bounced around without yeah. any time or, a, you know, handful of outings. That's awesome because um, Beto Alexantopoulos, former Blue Jay GM, um, obviously had some fam familiarity. Uh, he was familiar with some of these guys, you know, the Snyders of the world, Goings of the world, and obviously Jesse Chavez when he was in Toronto and pitched in those playoff games too. Um, so, <clears throat> it, it just shows you that I think he probably had a vision, you know, and that vision, shoot, man, that it, it hit right on the money with those additions that you guys made at the trade deadline. And then you hear Mr. Scott Boris. Did you see what he said about you guys? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's slappy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. You got money, but like, come on, dude. Have yeah. a little feel. Show a little credit. You know, yeah. you represent some of the guys on that team. So like, let's, you know, it doesn't, you don't need to be 110 game winner that everybody wants to see the Cinderella story. No, we were the Cinderella story. That's what you want to see. Yeah. You want to see those Absolutely. type of guys win. Absolutely. The gamers that had to battle adversity. The it, it had almost, to play the AL East in interleague. It almost seemed you know? like he was, yeah, it was very one-sided. Like he almost like was talking about that he wanted the Dodgers to really, really make it. And obviously it didn't happen for him. And when I saw Chipper Jones's tweet too, and he kind of ripped him a new one. And I mean, I, uh, yeah, again, stay in your lane, you know, like no, no yeah. need to say that to me. Yeah. Just represent players and be quiet. <laughs> Just when you look at this, like for you personally, I mean, you've been in the major leagues or professional athletes since 2003. So she left uh, Riverside. You're there and you understand what's going on as a pro. You go up and down. Ricky's talked about this on the podcast too when you're at the highest of the highs and you go back to the minor leagues and you're like, all right, you got to be a pro about it. But for you, it'd been, last time you were in the minors was 2013 uh, when you were with Oakland. You're 29 years old. You're a day away from maybe retiring. What was it like going into that minor league clubhouse? Like, Not that you have an ego, but you still got to have some kind of pride. Like, what the fuck am I doing here, right? Yeah. You know, it, it did cross my mind. What am I doing? A few times. But it brought me back to when I got to trade it over to Pittsburgh and I was in AAA. That bullpen alone had 33 years of big league experience. In AAA now, just the bullpen. Fuck. Wow. And they're all sitting there. And they taught me how to, how to go about the business a little bit. And obviously, I'm going to take every word they got. Like, 
they're all sitting at the cool end of the bench. I'm sitting over here by the water cooler at the, <laughs> the bad end with a bad angle with a sore neck. And they're all sitting there with their feet up. So I'm like, well, this is what it is. It's what it is. You got to wear it. But they taught me how to go about things and bus trips and carrying yourself in AAA as an older guy. Because they all saw that I had potential to be around for a little bit, just based on how my arm bounced back. And then, um, and my work ethic. And then, you know, having fast forward it to, you know, 2000 or to 21, this was in 2006. You're like, wow, all right, now you're that guy. Okay, how are we going to go about this and not let these guys develop into the new age and keep it going later on? So that's all I tried to do. And we had those the older guys there that we wouldn't let anybody get in a bad attitude. There's no, you want to slam your helmet? Helmet for what? Like, it ain't going to get you called up. You know what I mean? This one at bat ain't going to get you called up. Like, that ain't it. We're all here for the right, we're all here for, and for one reason. That's to make each other better and win. And we had the, the right coaching staff. And, you know, from Mike Marath, who has big league time, you know, to to Yasopo, to um, he was your manager, Mendy, right? Or, yeah, and he was your former teammate. Did you ever play with him? I played with him. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Wait, Marcus to Yasopo? No. Oh, no, oh, no, no brother, brother Matt, no. Matt, Matt, yeah, Marcus yeah. is the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, okay, that was your manager. That guy's young, he might be younger than you. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm but, sure that uh, helped. Out no. best, right. I mean, having a I mean, I'm sure that was the first time in your career that you had a, that you were older than the manager. But I'm sure he probably understands the clubhouse vibe and what it's like that he probably ran a pretty chill ship. Right. Oh, yeah, it was. He let you know if you weren't doing your job, you know, if you weren't prepared, that was his biggest thing. If you weren't prepared, he wasn't like that's when he got he got upset. You know, if you want to take DP, you took it. But you better take it if you're slumping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Type of deal. You know, if yeah. things aren't going your way and you haven't got off the mound, you might want to get off the mound. Dude. You know, just if you're not making ground balls, you might want to take some ground balls if you're not feeling them the right way, if you're not getting in the right position, you know, that probably didn't get us a double play the right, you know, just little things. Yeah. That he wanted you to be prepared for because that's what's going to be exploited when you get called up. Yeah. Just, yeah. When you got called back up to the majors, and you look at the Braves uniform, which is a team you've been with before. Like, what was that like? I mean, we always ask everybody, what's it like the first time you get called up? What's it like when you get called back up as a vet? And a guy who was close I, to retirement. Yeah. Weird, because it felt like deja vu this time. <laughs> I was, I got traded from Cincinnati when I was with Atlanta. And I get called up to Cincinnati. They're in Cincinnati when I get called up. Come on. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, this is, whoa, whoa. This is kind of weird. You know, last time I was in that manager's office to say hello, I was getting sent out. You know, and Bobby, Bobby was sitting in that, that manager's seat. You know, and this time it's Snicker. So it's, it's kind of weird. You know, I was saying bye to Snicker last time. I'm saying hi to him this time. You know? But it's kind of, kind of cool. It was kind of one of those things that, you never know what's going to happen. Just all, all you got to do is understand each 
each off season and what you got to get accomplished for the next season that you didn't do the previous one. And then you should have a job every year after that because you obviously are trying to get better. And this happened to be one of those times where I was able to stay in the game long enough to to go back there and help bring a ring back to that city. My goodness. Like, <clears throat> that's what we loved in the podcast, hearing the stories because everybody's path is completely different. I mean, you're a guy with Juco and it's like, oh, what are you doing here? Uh, guys that you passed up, guys that you played with, whatever. Yet the path of, what does that say, Rick? Just don't be a jerk. Yeah. Get along well with people. Treat somebody nice. And like, first thing Jesse starts talking about is be nice to the clubbies. Like it's yeah. it's not that hard to be a nice person, and you get rewarded for it. It's good to see, man. Yes, I mean yeah. we've talked about this before. That's one of the things for me that was key too. Be nice to the be nice to the person that's opening up the door for you at the stadium. Be nice to the usher that's you know taking care of your family for tickets. Be nice, like just be a normal human being, you know. And 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 like Jesse said, those the those people don't get a lot of interaction, but they do a lot behind, behind, behind closed doors, you know, and, and, you know, from clubbies to anyone, anyone working at the stadium, you know, they're there every home game and be polite, be nice. Don't be a jerk. Don't be an asshole. And, and I learned that at a very young age, you know, and, and, and this, this is why I always say I'm able to have the connections that I have when I go back to Toronto. I was only there for four plus years in the big leagues. It's not like, you know, I was a, a super big time household name, um, you know, but I treated people the right way. And, and, you know, that's something that I, that I preach to my, both my boys, you know, it's please thank you and, and be nice mm-hmm. to people. And that's it. You know, it, it doesn't take any effort at all. You know, it's just, it's got to come from within the heart. And if you're an asshole, people, people, uh, as Jesse knows, especially clubbies, they'll, they, they'll, they, they take a mental note and they'll make sure they, mm-hmm. okay, as an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, you you literally have to go out of your way to be an asshole in this game. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Like, and I, we, you know, we, me and my kids, we talk about it all the time. Like, just because you're mad at that person or you're mad at the day, you can't be mad at me. I didn't do anything to you. Like, why, you know, so why do you have to be an asshole to that person if they're just, mm-hmm. they're just there doing their job? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they, they mess up. Well, you mess up on your job. They can't come to you and say, hey, why'd you leave that picture up the middle of the plate, you jackass? <laughs> no, they don't do that. No, they don't. It's just, you know, we all mess up. So, yeah. you know. Just, oh, you, you're so pro. Go ahead, Rick. Oh, no. Okay, so once you get back up to the big leagues this year, and I feel like, obviously, we can t- talk about this season for the next five hours, you know, but you get called up back to the big leagues. Is it, do they tell you? Because normally I feel like they're like, oh, it might be a temporary thing, or did you know what role you were going to come in as, or was it just like, all right, we need a long relief guy. We need an opener. We need this. We need a guy that can throw every, you know, twice, twice, or back-to-back days, back-to-back-to-back days. What, what was mm. kind of the, 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 the deal when, when you get called up or like, what, what, what they say to you? Nothing. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you're going up. I was like, all right, where he goes, Cincinnati. I was like, huh, ironic. And then, it's like, all right, um, get to the – I'm actually getting ready to leave the hotel, and I get a call from Snit, and he goes, hey, you're starting today. And I was like, all right, so I'm not going to the field then. So I went back and went back into my room and took a nap for a little bit and got up, got on like the 4 o'clock bus, and went to the field, did my normal thing that I normally do, no matter if I'm starting or relieving. If I'm working out that day, still get it done. And then next thing you know, all right, 
pitched into the third, waiting for the tap on my shoulder because you you know you're you're vetted like they can cut you like that. You're not a, you were a cheap sign. Like, all right, you just came in and do your job or not? And, okay, no tap on the shoulder. All right, I'm gonna guess I'm gonna shower and go back to the hotel. So I went back and showed up the next day, and the rest is a wrap. <laughs> and and this had no idea. This is what he means by that, Beto. He's saying he's pretty much saying like I threw my I got into the third inning. I threw a lot of pitches. They needed somebody to eat up some innings. Usually, those are the guys that they say, okay, thanks, thanks for your services. You know, go back down. See you later. Uh, you know, we're gonna add whoever we need to add back back to the bullpen. And I mean, obviously, that wasn't the case with Jesse. But normally, that's what they do with with long relief guys. Wait, Jess, you were expecting to get the tap to go back to Gwinnett? Well, I had agreed to that part of a con of the call up that I wouldn't be I wouldn't take my release for that reason where you know if I got sent down I was going to go home because obviously I didn't do my job and I didn't you know deserve to pitch in the big leagues or stay in the big leagues but for that reason and I was like all right I know I'm not going to do bad I know I got a chance to go back up in this organization if I just go back and do my job so that's kind of where I was wow. during that part. Um, but that's when a... I didn't get the tap, it was similar to when I didn't get the tap in 2013 uh, when I was with Oakland. When I threw five plus in the – we had an extra inning game where we went 18 against the Yankees. And I was waiting for that tap there. I didn't get the tap, and I just – that's where I kind of – that's where I went off. And I didn't see AAA again until this year. That's so, great. you know <clears> – <throat> I don't look for another eight years, but maybe a few more. That's what I always tell people that they're like, oh, do you like teams? Like, I don't like – I don't root for a team or anything like that. I love sports, and I love watching the elite athletes of the world perform at the highest level. You guys are the 1% of the 1%, and not just because of your talent, but because the mental strength that you have to have to deal with that, where, just you're saying, hey, I know my role. I know what I got to do, but forget what I've accomplished in this game. It's – to, the pressure to go out there and think that I have to perform. If not, there might be a tap, and that might be it. Like, just to be on that thin line, that high-wire act that you guys have, that's what people don't understand of how hard it is to do what you guys do. And it's kind of hard to put into words also. But not only are you performing at an elite level, trying to throw a guy who's trying to hit it 500 feet, you're also looking at your shoulder like, hey, there's a 21-year-old smoke thrower down in the minor league who could take my spot tomorrow and never come back. And the evolution of where you're at to go from being a 21-year-old guy where everybody's prospect to, like, hanging on. Man, I, maybe because I'm just waxing poetic and I'll be like, you guys are crazy. You guys are absolutely crazy how you can deal with that. And, like, you just talk like, yeah, that's just it. You know, How do you stay that calm without having a pulse moving, bro? Moving around so much. <laughs> just can't get too high, can't get too low. Um, gets back to, you know, the path that I told you guys on the first part, first yeah. podcast. Um, wasn't easy. So if I keep it, keep it that, that mode where it's not easy. Um, that's, and that's something a lot bit. of, that's something a lot of players don't have in this game. What, what Jesse has, you know, the ability to be able to stay even keel, um, because we, I mean, shoot, we're all victims of it. You know, when you're, when you're high, you're at a high, you're just, you, you know, you feel it when you're at a low, you're at a low and, and it's sometimes tough to dig out of that hole. Jesse is like it almost seems like good game bad game hey I'm still gonna have my my corona after the game and, and move on <laughs> next game you know and but it's hard it's it's easier said than done you know yeah. a lot of guys, and, and 
again, uh, I'm sure a lot of those guys in that bullpen, once you came in and they probably saw the way you went about it, they're probably like, oh, shit, we can take some notes off of this guy and 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 approach it the way he approaches it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a lot of good talks down there this year. Um, a lot of them were, for me, philosophical ones, a lot of thinking outside the box, which you have to when you're out there because um, the game plan could switch just like that. You know, you got to read their feet read their hands in a matter of a second based on what they just did the previous pitch. So my, that's where a lot of my conversations came from. Just thinking outside the box down there. And that helps me keep it even keel because then you don't, you don't ramp it up too much. You look at a crossword puzzle, crossword puzzle is easy if you think about it because it's all words that you use every single day and everything you know about that you've already seen. They're just, it's just a word scramble. You just got to put those words and keep it simple. Jess, did you become that like, I do that as a reporter. I'm like in the newsroom and I'll, t- I'll start talking to the interns and I'm like, I, I become that salty old Theo guy, Theo Beto that's just like giving them all kinds of knowledge and you kind of see them roll their eyes a little bit at you. But I'm like, no, but seriously, don't get married in your 20s. Like, you know, stuff like that. To, like, I started telling them stuff like that. But did you become that guy in the bullpen, the older guy, the salty vet who's just like giving them all the knowledge? Because I'm looking at, you're the oldest guy. You and Charlie Morton were 37 or are 37. Everybody else was in their 20s, late 20s. Yeah, me and we, yeah, we weren't salty. I mean, shoot, we watched the season of Ted Lasso down there. <laughs> <laughs> then you gotta believe. So, you believe. Yeah, you got you gotta believe. Yeah. Um, but no, it was. I just don't like seeing guys not doing what they're supposed to do in order to go out there and do their job. Okay. You know? So get up and stretch. You know, if you're one of those guys that just thinks you can sit there and get up and go and do your job you'll be able to do it for a handful of games it'll catch up to you trust me i was there so my my thing is just try to let these guys not fall into bad habits that i went through that i fell into that kind of made these numbers and teams go here and there and be like head scratching to you like you know you're better than that why are you doing that type of deal and i just saw i think it's all down to preparation oh you're like yeah you're yoda down there i feel like I feel like since we lasted our podcast in these last probably two years, the game's changed a lot. So for you, how how did you go about adjusting to what the game is now? Being able to use not my the analytics for the pitcher side, using the hitter's analytical side in my favor for what I've learned throughout the years. Huh. What they what their swing does, what their swing <clears throat> can hit you know, what it's com- compatible for. And then I just try to stay away from that. But without changing my strengths, then, you know, sometimes my strengths are their strengths. Well, let's go. Let's see who's going to win. I'm just going to put it in a in a better spot than your swing is. Yeah, I like you know, that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I'm still going to make that convictional pitch where I know it's going to go where I want to. And especially now that my arm's healthy, my mind's clear. I know what I want to do every time I step on the mound. Now that I'm able to get natural extension like I was a few years ago, it it's all starting to slow down for me per pitch, per at-bat that I'm able to do to get back to keeping it even keel. See? All right. So now <clears throat> you're watching Ted Lasso down there. There's a bullpen you guys are watching, all right? So oh, yeah. you got to make sure that the Jamie Tart. You, you don't let that guy happen in your in your bullpen, right? 
Somebody, who, who was the Roy? You Roy? No. Uh, you weren't Roy Kent? We had our, <laughs> no. No, we, <laughs> had, uh, we had our catcher was Nate. Our catcher was Nate. Um, who do I know? <laughs> no, um, it was Leo, Jimmy Leo. He was our, he was oh, our, oh, our, our guy, catcher. our bullpen catcher. Your yeah. bullpen catcher was Nate? Yeah. Um, <laughs> who would... Who would be Roy Kent? So we don't want to call anybody Jamie Tart. We'll leave yeah. that alone. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there wasn't. No, there wasn't a Jamie Tart. All right, who who was the coach though? Like who who's Beard? Um, I think Beard's Cranny, our pitching coach. <laughs> <laughs> so even keel, but Cranny's the dude. We called him the dude. The dude from Big Lebowski. Oh yeah, hey, gotta give him a white Russian man. The the carpet ties it all together, bro. Right. So the when when you guys go on this on this on this run, Jesse, you guys obviously were on the outside looking in. You guys pretty much lost the top baseball player in in the world, maybe top three, you know, in Acuna. Um, <sighs> and obviously that can obviously be devastating to a clubhouse, like to see how you guys rebounded from that and to be able to make the run that you guys made, it, I think it showed the, you know, the character of this team in, in veteran presence, like yourself, Freddie Freeman, obviously um, a guy that's shoot. He's gone through the, through the bad, the good, the ugly. He's been through it all. Charlie Morton, obviously won a world series. He, he's a veteran. How were you guys able to keep that together when you guys lose Acuna? We didn't believe it at first. We were just like, oh, no, it's just, you know, it just came down wrong. You know, we're like, all right. He's never want to believe. He'd think he's superhuman. I mean, the kid's yeah. unbelievable for his age. And, you know, the knowledge that he has, he's smart. He's a smart ball player. So you're just like, oh, no, it's, it can't be a thing. We're going to wake up tomorrow and he's going to walk into the clubhouse feeling fine. You know, that's what we all thought. That's what we all wanted to think. And then we, you know. We hear the news after the game, and we're like, "All right, well, you know, our bullpen is our bullpen was very strong. Our group text messages is hands down the best ones I've ever I've ever been a part of, as far as keeping everybody going, keeping everybody on the same page, um, letting everybody know, you know, stuff's not done." And we said when he went down, "All right, we got to step up." That's what we said. You know, it's time for our job now. You know, we lost a bat. We got to see where this is going to take us, but we got to go out there and do our job even better. But what I mean by even better is paying attention to the small things that don't elongate the big innings, mm -hmm. not trying to do more or less. And then, you know, we went on a roll um, because we, we knew if we fell down that path of, of losing him, we lost. Yeah. But we knew Alex and what he can do. He always has a trick up his sleeve and you know that. So we knew something was going to happen. We just didn't know when. And then when he made it, we're just like, okay, that's the first piece. And you know he's not done because it's going to take more than one to replace that guy. Not saying, And, you know, the other guys came in and with Jock, Soler, Rosie, and, we tra and Duvall, and we traded for Rosie, and Rosie had a, you know, messed up oblique. So you're just like, all right, this is – this is something that's going to be pretty good for us. And then you just saw the guys just 
falling into the you know the dominoes just falling into place and you're just like all right boom yeah and then now it's just up to us to play chess the rest of the way out mm. once we got once we got through the domino stage we were like all right let's get through this chess stage yeah and i mean shoot man milwaukee had a unbelievable run this year and that pitching stuff was na- that pitching staff was nasty and then you guys rolled right through them and then come to la talk to us about how sweet it was to beat dodgers in their backyard <laughs> it was pretty nice it was pretty cool it's pretty fun you know um but the fact that everybody looked at the 88 wins is amazing to me and you don't look at the character in the lineup you know you don't look at the people in that lineup it's like man our whole infield had a, over 25 homers almost 30 damn we missed it by two you're like wow that doesn't happen yeah. you know okay then you go to the outfield all of them have at least 20 combined or at least 20 total and that includes ronnie i think ronnie was second behind doobie and total homers behind uh, accumulative and he missed what the whole second half so you just you look at that lineup and you're just like give them credit one time yeah yeah the credit they deserve Tip your hat one time just just well, once they're not mainstream they're not obviously mainstream. you guys well, when you actually get, they are when you guys get the Dodgers, you're like shoot we match up perfect with them position by position that's that's the thought process mm-hmm. right you're you're saying yeah. i don't give a shit if it's 100 wins 120 whatever it is we match up with them perfectly yeah and you could say oh well we were banged up we lost this person and that person and this person well we lost the one guy that equals all three of those guys <laughs> <laughs> and then so, mike soroka who was supposed and we to come back too exactly <clears throat> yeah mm. so where's what's where's the answer there where's the comeback on that one yeah so and we lost travis our catcher for three months mm-hmm. no oh but we had him at the end so what we lost him for three months yeah. we lost ronnie for the second half we lost mike all year so what now we're, we kept our mouth shut no excuse because that's who we were this this organization went through it before they went through it in 2010 when i was here when chipper blew out when he messed up his knee in houston yeah and then billy blew out in in the playoffs in san fran and that's when kimbrell became kimbrell you know but you right. just and then we lost prado that year as well so you what you go up and down the list you're just like oh well klaus was banged up that guy had 18 ice packs on his body after every ball game just because he had to go out there and play but he's a gamer he's an old school guy yeah you know so you just go out there and look at that stuff and you're like all right that's why these guys were able to get through this whole thing with the injuries that happened to this team because it's it's happened before in the past year and they knew how to overcome it they didn't they didn't make an excuse like some other teams do just you played for the dodgers you uh you know what it's like there you play in the angels organization you know what it's like there now dodger stadium when it's fifty-five thousand people i mean what's that like coming in there and you started that game and looking around what's that like on the field it's cool i always i always tell guys to look up around they're like what do you mean i said there's a lot of decks up there like look around it's different there's there's four decks three decks up there you know it's not like triple a where there's two decks and you got a whole outfield that's what I, i'm talking about the younger guys when i explain to them walking when you're running in look around because when you get on the mound you're on an island by yourself you know um so make the most of it 
when you're running out there, experience it because. Oh, he hung up. See, Dodger yeah. fans got mad. They had disconnected him. He'll dial back right now. There no, is. and I get what he's saying. Here he is, here he is, here he is, here he is. Let's see. You got excited. See, Dodger fan cut you off, man, like they did in the bullpen. <laughs> right. Um, no, just I tell him, just run in and experience the, the, the atmosphere because this doesn't happen often, especially your yeah. debut and playoffs. It's, not, it's hard to get here. Trust me, I know. And what about beating um, the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium? How cool is that? That was awesome. It was great, <laughs> especially in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, my, my time wasn't great there. Um, from a performance standpoint, then being left off a roster, you kind of take that to heart a little bit. Yeah. As a player. So I'm not saying it's ill will. It's just you take it to heart from a, from a professional and gaming standpoint. You know, talk to you after the game or before BP, but we probably won't after because it's not, you know, one of those things we do after a game, you know, especially in this type of things. We'll talk to you to, during BP tomorrow, but other than that, you just let the night be. But yeah. I, it was one of those things where I just it made it that much better. Yeah. And I never, I never, I never experienced the playoffs, but I, I definitely feel what Jesse's saying there. <clears throat> is looking around and even you know it, it can be your first day in the big leagues it can be your 10th start in the big leagues it don't matter for me i always like you said I, I i looked around i looked up and i was like okay all right if especially if i was on the road i was like all right it's time to shut fifty thousand up that was the whole thing you know it, it's it's let's go it's go time because you are on an island by yourself nobody's there to help you nobody's there to uh say hey calm down or hey yeah you rely on your catcher that's about it but mm -hmm. For the most part, it, I think it's good. I think if if you don't look around, then it, you become very tense. Whereas if you're looking around, you take a deep breath and you're like, all right, this is what I've worked hard for my whole life. Like, this is it. Mm -hmm. This is the moment. And I couldn't imagine what it's like in the playoffs where it's magnified times a thousand, you know, than it is a regular season game. But um, it, it, you do see it. You do see it with you, Jesse. Like, like I'm like, damn, does that guy even have a heartbeat? You no, know, he, he doesn't. <laughs> He gets a big out and he's just walking off the mound like, all right, next game. You know, like, what, what do I have to do next game? That's it. You know, and, and I, again, it's it's easier said than done for a lot of guys. But, man, if you, if you can model some of the stuff, especially young young kids out there listening to this, if you can model some stuff from Jesse, let it be that. You know, so mm -hmm. the, the, how he's able to keep his composure and, you know, there's no highs, there's no lows. It's just, hey, get the job done. Next game, I'm going to prepare to the best of my abilities. And I'll, that's all there is to it. It's yep. all, man. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Learning how to breathe. You know, that's the biggest thing that I learned once I broke my ribs. Learning how to breathe, that helps me out there every moment. You know, we breathe the wrong way. We breathe with our chest. That, you know, we end up hyperventilating our own selves. We breathe through our ribs, you know, and our, you know, the bottom part of it. We start getting an understanding of what type of air intake we are capable of and how to lower that heart rate down a lot faster than we think we're doing by breathing with our chest. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. Breathe? <laughs> yeah. So, so when you're on the mound and you're taking those, you're like breathing different? Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you breathe through your ribs. Not your chest. Oh, explain this, man. We're giving people knowledge here. You want to get to the big league, learn how to breathe with your ribs. I don't want to mess it up. I don't know the right terminology. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just try and like keep my, you know, your belly button to the back like they always talk about just keeping good posture 
keep a good posture will keep you keep the keep the breathing pattern a little bit easier to go through yeah so that's something you know that's something that we were taught in college through the great uh ken revisa at cal state fullerton and you know it's, it was always learning how to handle your breathing it's not just a you know it was like okay here we go you know really yeah he was big on that man i mean it, it's what got me like jesse said it you're able to calm that heart that heart rate my soul that heart might be beeping fast but or beating fast but when you're taking that deep breath you're honestly grounding yourself and you're saying okay this this is this is the moment you know and 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 that's all there is to it where you see the guys who who the game speeds up on you know and and the heart rate's going and you hear you always hear guys say oh man that inning felt like everything was going a thousand miles per hour next thing you know i gave up five runs well a lot of it has to do with that breathing technique and stuff like that and not being able to slow the game down interesting all right learn something new every day watch the guys that they don't do anything during the inning and then all of a sudden stuff starts getting haywire you know back-to-back doubles or you know double single with one out or no outs they step off the back of the mound take out their hat rub up the ball like you didn't do that at all for the first four innings you know what i mean like you just you just see noticeable changes in mannerisms that you're like oh this game's speeding up on them let's go boys come on yeah it's little things little things bro come on little things like that, that that we understand that we see that, that you're able to pick up on if you're watching a game it, it, it's true what jesse's saying it's a hundred percent true like you you it, it breathing should be part of the routine for a pitcher for a hitter mm-hmm. you know you great hitters doing that uh you know one that comes to mind is obviously justin turner he he uses the breathing with the best of them you know where he looks at his mm-hmm. bad he takes a deep breath and all that stuff but um yeah i mean it, it the, the breathing to me is something that's a very very useful tool for any athlete that's awesome I'm, I'm gonna look into that for my kid like hey look because i never even thought about that where it's just breathing just like <gasps> whatever <clears throat> that's what we that's why that's why we're in the top deck watching jesse pitch for his 17th year in the major league just all right let's get to the parade team no no 17 years <laughs> no <laughs> you've been a pro for 17 years pro not yeah, pro in the big leagues oh big oh. leagues what like 12 years Big leagues. I got over eleven full parts of fourteen. I, this is what I. This is this. This is what I want to know, Jess. Now with that playoff share, and we know it's a pretty damn good one. What? What's in the plans for Hacienda de Chavez, bro? Oh. That, that's what I want to know. What's What's coming in there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Well, it's going to cover the carport that's going up outside. Um little uh the roots that the neighbor's tree made in our plumbing it's going to cover that little damage part that they got going for us <sighs> um barbecue I'm, pits getting redone it's going to pay cover that that's, that's when you know you're 37 when he's saying okay uh plumbing barbecue and a carport <laughs> the, the, the 24 year olds are, are going i'm going all over the world i'm buying me a maserati i'm buying this <laughs> yeah yeah Jess and is like, I'm surprised the, he hasn't bought that canyon in front of him, saying, all right, this is where I'm going to set up shop right here. <laughs> no, a golf simulator after that. Yeah, you're you're in your 30s. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, uh, at the parade, why were you trying to get your teammate arrested? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He had, a, he had a wedding in Mexico to go to. 
No, um, it was, uh, I don't know. He still doesn't know. He, he doesn't know. I don't get it. I asked him, I was like, why'd you get off? He goes, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know. Just sounded like a cool idea at the time. Turned out to be the wrong one. My <laughs> wife got the first video on it at the time. She's like videoing and then she goes, what's Tyler doing? She goes like this and I'm like, oh God. Yeah, you're not supposed to get off the bus, but you're on there for a reason. Yeah, he uh, <clears throat> forgot that memo. <laughs> hey, you're a World Series champ, though. You can do whatever the hell you want. We saw Sergio Romo do it a few years ago. Right? Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. What, what, did, it, what did Romo's shirt say? I only look illegal? That's what he wanted to wear. Oh, man. So, Jesse, what happens after? Oh, go ahead, Rick. No, I, this is what I want to know. I want to know the, the night you guys win, what is that like for you, <clears> Jess? You, you, you obviously reach the pinnacle of getting to the big leagues. The World Series, you know, it doesn't happen just for anyone. You know, you know that more than anybody else because you've been in the game for so long. But somebody that 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 finally is is experiencing that moment. And to me, the coolest part is how much you talked about your wife and your daughters being a huge part of who you are now and and why you were there. You know, there the, you mm -hmm. said it. You know, it takes a strong woman to to be able to do what she does while you're out there fulfilling your dream, doing everything that 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 you want to accomplish. So for you, what was it like that third out is recorded, your world champs, you said it really didn't set it for you till after the parade, but holding that trophy, looking at it, what was what was that moment like? Running in, you know, you just, my career just flashed, boom, to my eyes. And then I'm like, all right, that happens now it's where's my family at once this whole stage thing's over with and celebrating because obviously they've went through about just as much as i did you know year in and year out and it's even worse because up until 14 was when they started living with me for the summer so they weren't living with me throughout the summer at all so you know, you think about that and my daughter being 17 now, this is all she known was dad being gone and for, to fulfill this is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm <clears throat> showing the picture on the on the video right now and it's like, you said it got some hardware and like, that's that smile that you have on your face, Chess, it's, uh, it's priceless right there. Your kids are happy, your wife is happy, but you can see the emotion of it. Like, I mean, it's hard to leave your kids for a weekend to go away just like for a big wine tasting or whatever. I can only imagine not living where they're at, especially how involved you are with your life. Look, right behind you in, in your house, you have all their artwork up behind you, man. Like, that's the kids' oh, yeah. stuff right there. Like, that's what matters right yeah, there. That's their little wall, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and like you said, I mean, I'm sure it's not easy. Your, your daughter being 17 years, that's all she's ever known. Um, but now I'm sure her knowing a bit of what it's like, you know, and, and seeing their daddy at the pinnacle of it all, raising that trophy, I'm sure for them it was beyond fulfilling. Yeah, it was It was pretty cool for them to be there for that experience. Oh, they got on the bus with you, Jess? I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were able to get on the bus and everything. It was cool. Um, but yeah, just seeing their smiles, knowing when I leave, it's pretty cool. Yeah, did it ever get emotional for you guys? Like, did you ever take a moment where you were like, Know, away from everyone and it's like you know 
Yeah, no, every we had moments every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> Beyond the bus with the sharing those moments with you, you and your wife and all those years of struggling to get to where you're at and being a day away from saying, I'm going to retire to where you're at right now. Jess, we're happy for you, man. It's uh, it's like, yeah, you, you know what I like, though, it, uh, watching your Instagram? Like, you don't post much on your social media, uh, but during the playoffs in the World Series, like the people that were posting about you were like your girlfriend, but like the people who've been there forever. It seemed like the ones who were like, hey, this guy was here, or he was undrafted here, or he was doing this and this and that, going back and forth. It's like, you're easy to root for. You're a great guy. We appreciate your time. But it's also, it just felt like a whole community was there with you. Man. Like, you were giving hope to those kids who probably didn't have much of a dream. Uh, yeah, that's all I want to do, you know, from where we're from. You just want to go out there and give them a chance. And the chance is showing them that there is a chance. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't go out there and, and try and – be more than what I am. No, I just try and go be who I am. And that's all you got to go out there and be because somebody's watching, no matter where you're at. Alejandro Crave was watching right now. Says, awesome dude. Couldn't have happened to a better person. Congrats, champ. That's from Alejandro Crave. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Marty Party, a friend of mine who's actually a Braves fan. So he's all excited. So if people are watching this right now, check it out. You know, Jess, it's it's, it's cool you say that uh, about, you know, you just want to make kids put – be a good influence on them and say, Hey, you know, this is, you know, this, this can be you, you know, this, this can happen, you know, to, to guys like us, you know, who come from the inner city and, and from, you know, from a Latino uh, background, Mexican background. Um, I just, you know, we're, we're having our camp in a couple of weeks, our baseball camp. And that's the, the one message I relay um, all the time. Anytime I talk to kids, because I think we get so caught up and we've mentioned this before, Beto, where, where we get so caught up, our parents do nowadays in, in being, having your son be a D1 athlete and do this and do that and have these great expectations for them. Where to me, it's like, I always tell the kids, like, it don't matter what where you go. You look at a baseball roster, you look at a major league baseball roster, and I guarantee you D1 athletes are probably outnumbered in this game. You know, it, it, D1 doesn't always mean big leagues or, or high draft pick or anything like that. You're, you're obviously living proof of it. You know, it, it doesn't it, it's what's inside your heart and, and, and the hard work and dedication that you put into this game. That's going to get you to where you want to go. And I think sometimes kids, parents especially, have a difficult time understanding that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's hard for, you know, being a parent and one that's almost at that level to compete for the next level. And she was in tennis until the pandemic hit mm-hmm. there was a chance but like you said you don't you there's no such thing as the right path there's such thing as a path that's all you need <clears throat> you know so it like you said, it doesn't matter what travel ball you want your kid to go to because it's the best one that this person went to or well, he wasn't drafted out of that travel ball team you know um <laughs> this is the best place to go to work out and this and that. He wasn't drafted from there. He's drafted for what he does on the field and between the lines. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, uh, so, it's uh, the attitude. That's why when we had you on the first part, I can't recommend it enough. Go back and listen to episode number eight with uh, Jesse Chavez. He tells about the path of going from Fontana to Riverside and to go where he's at. And one thing uh, actually Marty brings up right now, I heard his mom's a longshoreman. Is that true? Because everybody in the IOW was saying that Jesse Chavez is a longshoreman. 
my wife is. Oh, your wife is. So there you yeah. go. Because I kept seeing all the people in Wilmington and San Pedro claiming you. I'm like, ah, I don't know, guys. But there it is. Because <laughs> everybody wants to claim the champion after. <laughs> but Jess, we, I, I'm back at, look at this right here. Your first year in the minor leagues in Spokane, Washington. You're what, 19 years old maybe? Mm. Right? Fresh out of Riverside. Yeah. Mm. Do you ever think about those days? Like, what the hell was going on up there? Yeah. Like, what is, <laughs> yeah, where am I going? You know, the only time I went to Seattle was the, uh, to Washington was the summer before, and I was just flying through to go play summer ball in Alaska. <laughs> so it's the only thing I knew about that place. But, now, at that team, uh, you had one, two, three, four, five, six. Your seven guys made it to the major leagues. Uh, the pitchers, four of them made it to the major leagues. John Danks, Wes Littleton, Justin Thompson. And, you know, you had so many big-time guys coming up there. The perseverance that it takes to get to where you're at, the best advice that you would give to 19-year-old Jesse Chavez back then? Play with a guy like Ian Kinsler. Watch his path was his path was pretty similar and pretty cool too because what he hit two ten that year or something like that and then Ian Kinsler and then, that year was not good at all. Actually, he batted a uh, two seventy seven. A lot of strikeouts though. Okay. A lot of strikeouts. Yeah. So the next year we go and he has a thing where he's hitting two ten and like a homer and four RBIs. Tell me you're not going to be a power hitter. At the break, he's hitting four like four eleven with like twenty eight pumps and forty doubles with like eighty RBIs. You're like, in a matter of two and a half months, hands down. Oh, sucks. Then he just goes up as a spot field to AAA. They're like, yeah, you're going back down the next day. He takes Pettit deep twice. Never saw him again. <laughs> so you just don't tell somebody you can't do it. Yeah, you know, seeing that, and then knowing you know my background and my history and my, to myself, I'm like. That's cool because that's a position player doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Now I just gotta, I just gotta ride that position player wave a little bit when I take the mound. Well, I didn't put my, you know, swagger out there, you know, physically, but I did it mentally and inside. Damn. And every day I just tried to take that out there. Yeah, it, it's funny you say that too because it happened to me, my going into my sophomore year of of college at a Cal State Fullerton, I was told in front of everyone, the whole pitching staff, our, our, our pitching coach went one by one. And he said, Ricky, you've been a disappointment this year, man, or this fall, you're going to go back to the bullpen. And, you know, you just didn't earn that, that starting spot. It's like, all right, cool. And again, like you said, Jesse, I took it mentally and it was like, all right, what, how can I challenge myself to be better? You know, I'm not going to show it. I'm not going to pout. I'm, Whatever. It is what it is. I got to get better. So how am I going to do that? So I continue to work. Opening day comes. Our top two starters go down. Who do they call on? The guy that was ready. Me. From there, mm-hmm. national championship, fucking Team USA, and the rest is history. It's like my name mm-hmm. kind of climbing up the boards, you know, and, and it, it, we could have taken it. It, it could have been taken either way. It could have been like a pouting session. I could have called home, been like, "Dad, like let's let's get the hat out of Cal State Fullerton." And I was like, "No, nah, man, like I, I came here to earn a spot, and I'm gonna do it." So mm-hmm. I just asked myself, "What what do I have to do to get better?" All right, this is what I click. Boom, let's go. Let's do it. Let's kick some ass, and that's what we that's 
that's what I did, and that's obviously what you what you've continued to do <laughs> at the big league level. Yeah, you got to instill it in yourself. It's not given to you. You get a little piece of it, but mm -hmm. you got to find that piece and how to use it. Because a lot of people yeah. use it for the wrong reasons, then they end up, you know, being a one, you know, around for a good season, and then all of a sudden that guy doesn't know how to use that fire anymore. And then it's it, he tries to fight, find it, and it's not there. Then it's forced. Yeah. World Series champion. I mean, that's cool, man. Like, <laughs> just it's uh just to hear it and see you going at it. And I think just because we know you, like the struggle that you had this year of trying to figure out exactly what's going on, that you tell us a story about that you're one pitch away from. All right, that's it. Uh, redo the garage, redo the cars. You know, see what we're gonna do. And it's been a good ride. And what's the uh like the weirdest message you got, or one of the coolest messages? I know a lot of people come out like, all of a sudden, right? But like you hear from different yeah. people. Yeah, just, uh, can you come talk? <laughs> come talk. I've never even met you. <laughs> I'm not a, not a problem talking to the kids, but don't even know your kid. <laughs> I just, you know, like, I, I, that's the weirdest thing. I mean, come on now. Well, you, you, you Where were you at when I was grinding, like? Um, You're welcome. You yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me November, send you the info. November 28th, uh, East LA. It's actually at East LA College. So you played at ELAC. You know what's up. No, we didn't play there. You never played at ELAC? Mm -mm. Uh, well, it's uh, Ricky's second annual camp at East LA College the Sunday of uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And it's uh, it's actually a pretty cool idea. Uh, we did it a couple years ago and we do it on Thanksgiving weekend. And it's Ricky gives back to the East LA community and it's to get the kids from that area. Like, because they're not going to perfect game. They're not going to those big showcases. They're not playing for travel teams. It's the kids in their home schools, either at Garfield, Roosevelt, or schools in that community. And it's 50 kids. We select them. They got to have. They got to write a paragraph as to why they got to get picked. And they got to show their grades and get everything else. And it's more of an opportunity. Oh, see, he don't want to hear it. Come talk. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some issues at home. I know that. Uh, he's got the service and everything else. Oh, there he is. He's back. Uh, Hello. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so it's the kids, and we, we select them, and it's uh, a lot of big leaguers or guys that are from in the professional organizations, and it's really cool. And we're making the final selections today, Rick, and it's uh, pretty exciting, man. I know you're pumped. Yeah, no, yeah. it's we we The amount of kids that we had sign up is crazy. We had over 100 kids sign up. We only, unfortunately, had 50 spots because of we're limited by the space at East L.A. College. Um, but... Yeah, man, it's it's exciting. It's cool to see all the the kids turn out. Obviously, it, you know we apologize for the ones that we that are not chosen. Uh, we we're doing our best, but uh, yeah, it's a really cool event, man. I know the first one was very very fulfilling, and I have no doubt that this one's going to be just as good, if not better. Um, and it, again, it's just giving back to these kids and, and making them believe yeah. that there is an opportunity, there is a chance. You know, it doesn't have to be at the D1 level. It, it just get in, get in where you're going to play, where you're going to get better. And that's all that matters. And, yeah. We, and and what we do, Jess, is we tell like, look, here's how you apply for college financial aid. Here's how you get in NCAA clearinghouse. Here's how, look, you might be 5'8", but you have a 4.0 GPA. Don't apply to UCLA. Go play at a Division three and use baseball to become a general manager, you know, become something, be analytics, whatever it is. I have to mention that we made them write a paragraph, uh, Jess. We we kind of asked why should, they should be chosen, and 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 you get, mm -hmm. we we're able to just see some of these kids obviously not have a clue and think it's a joke 
like we had a few answers where or two or three answers where one of them was like because i'm a stud that was like, <laughs> you know just just shit yeah. like that it was like come on bro like like this is this is this we're we're here to help but like we we can't work with that like be be better like be smarter you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and this is the reason why, like, I've taken the opportunity to, to read some of these messages and a lot of them are great. You know, I'd say about 99% of them, but there's like two or three answers that you're just like, yeah. what happened? And it's a free camp, Jess. You're getting a free camp. Ricky and his friends, all big leaguers or former big leaguers or guys in the organizations right now, like Alan Trejo from uh, the Rockies is going to be there. And uh, Jordan Boitis, who runs Long Beach State, is going to be running things. So it's really cool. We got a lot of stuff for them. And then one yes. kid... Jesse knows. Do uh, you know Al Quintana? Mm, I don't know. Al Q for uh, he was a blue. Jersey. He runs the, the hitting side of it. He does a tremendous job. Yeah. Um, Don Buck said he might he might roll out from Utah. We're not sure yet, but yeah, we're gonna. It, it should be fun. Noy Ramirez will be there. Um, okay. So so yeah, we'll we'll have a few guys former. Uh, just and it's former free. Players. It's free. And just, cool. we just have a good time, man. We 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 kind of just give them some guidance, some drills, and stuff like that. Obviously, you there's only so you 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 can only do so much in three hours, you know. And and from station mm-hmm. to station, kind of the basics of pitching, whatever pre- preparation and stuff like that. Stuff that if obviously you you make it out, it would be beneficial and cool to these kids to be able to hear, you know, the the, the preparation of it, the drills, and and yeah, we we just have fun with it, man. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's the I mean, stuff that I mean, we would, you know, it's opportunity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all the address the, and I'll be there. Yeah. It's all the kids that were there uh, in the bullpen yelling at you, Chavez! At Dodger Stadium. <laughs> all right. All right, Jess, we appreciate you, man. Uh, let us know when we can go visit the trophy. Congrats. Wait. Yeah, right? right thank You're you. going to get a little mini trophy for everybody, right? Ring, by the way, Jess? No, we. I haven't got measured yet. I think I'm going to go with the middle finger. <laughs> um. But- have you seen it? No, have you seen it? I'm, I'm, no, we haven't seen anything yet. We haven't even got oh, okay. measured yet, bro. Oh, okay. I like, yeah, I'm like, my finger's itchy. Come on now. I'm kidding. I'll let you know when we get the replica. Hey, what's that hat you're wearing anyways? Oh, uh, baseballism. L7 weenie. <laughs> <laughs> Good sideline. Jesse Chavez, man. We love you. Appreciate it. Congratulations, man. We'll Appreciate talk to you guys. soon. We'll hopefully see you at the camp. All right. I'll see you there. All right, Rick. Uh, Another yeah, shit. All right, fellas. Of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. We'll make sure you guys go back and listen to episode of Ray with Jesse Chavez. And today, let's share, rate, review. Uh, Jesse, uh, where, are you, where are you at? We can hang up with Jesse. Yeah. Right here. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Bye, Jesse. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Later. All right, Rick. Uh, final things for you. Uh, housekeeping for us. No show next week because it's Thanksgiving. Um, it, I don't know if it's Canadian Thanksgiving or not, but whatever. No show next week. We're going to Costa Rica with the family, so I'll be out of town for, for the next week. Um, should be yeah. fine. You're but going back to your Costa Rica house? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to my Puerto Vallarta house. I'll be in Puerto Vallarta for Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> Five and a half hours, three kids. Wish me luck. How many nannies? None. You're not taking Ace of Soquel? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, and uh, the week after that, I am busy, so we will not have a show. Look, 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 it's the holidays. It's December. Things are slowing down. We got to take advantage of golf. So we might do one more show for the rest of the year, 
Uh, it'll be sometime in December. We'll keep you updated. <clears throat> but make sure you follow the Let's Go Ricky Roll Instagram page. You got some big news coming your way. And that's not a tease. It's like legit big news. Because our good friend Josh Tolley is in a big meeting today. He's in a big meeting today. I can't tell you with who. But he couldn't make it. He's all bummed up. But, you know, when you're Tolley. And it's such a big meeting, Rick, that Tolley texted me twice this morning. That's how big a meeting it was. He answered back. So, so for everybody involved, uh, have yourself a good Thanksgiving, uh, wherever you may be. Like I said, Ricky will be in Costa Rica. I'll be in Puerto Vallarta working a fight, for real. Uh, I will be there. Uh, and then I'm going to try to play some golf in Punta Mita, where we're going to retire. I'm going to let you know. So for everybody involved, have yourself a good Thanksgiving. Uh, if you guys also want to follow Let's Go Ricky Rowe Instagram, and also Ricky Romero Baseball camp on Instagram, uh, so you can see some behind-the-scenes footage of what will be at that camp. So for everybody involved, see you guys. Adios. Adiós.